Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today, we're going to be talking about who is going to be the next pope. Yeah, long live Pope Francis, but there is going to be a pope after him. And we're going to look at what the odds makers are saying, who will succeed him. We're going to look at the process of what happens when a pope dies and how a new pope is elected and make our predictions on who will be the pope to succeed Francis. So hop in the Pope Mobile and let's drive into the future and figure out who's going to fit into that seat. Back in the U Catholic Studios for another episode. I'm, I'm I'm really interested in this topic. Yeah, uh, I'm excited. You know, just the fact that you know we're using odds here and where we're getting them from, and kind of explaining that in the process. I think that's kind of a and first and foremost, long live Papa Francesco. Yeah, I don't want right. anyone to misconstrue this <laughs> yeah. as yes. you know uh, anything ill will towards Pope Francis. Uh, may his pontificate continue to be long and blessed and healthy. So this is not. Uh, anything towards him. I just want to make sure that's very clear. But um, the history of uh, papal betting and and um, looking at who would be the next Papal pope. betting? Yes, absolutely. Betting. Yes. It's a thing. It's Not a thing. vetting. No, betting. Betting. People bet the on who the Look, next pope's going to be. People bet on anything, and there has been a long tradition of trying to predict who will be the next pope. And in today's world, we even have real odds made yep. from the people who, like— Make the odds for the NFL and stuff like that. Right. So this is crazy. Yeah, this so, is Patty so Power. Take... This is Patty Power out of Ireland, right. and they've been a book for oh, probably Forever. over a century. They're... If you've ever been to Ireland, you can walk down the street and there's just Paddy Powers everywhere. everywhere. You can just go take action on any game you want. Yeah. Any weird. They have so many crazy things you can bet on, yeah. and one of the things they do is. Bet on Papal odds. Yeah. Now that's yeah. not in Vegas, is it? Because no, it's, it's in Ireland. Ireland. It's, it's only in Ireland. in Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's probably some Vegas people that picked up on it, but Patty Power was the first to start Absolutely. that. Absolutely. That's yeah. pretty interesting. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, there's there's other ones like my bookie and stuff like yeah. that who do these odds, but Patty Power is the one who kind of <laughs> first done that. But you know, the tradition of trying to pick the next Pope goes back for almost as long as there's been a Pope. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always been jockeying and conjecture. Uh there's even a specific term for people who are considered uh, able or candidates to be the next mm -hmm. pope. But before we uh, get into the whole process where we talk about how a pope is elected and how, what governs that and what cardinals uh, that really have the best odds of becoming the pope after Francis, why don't you tell everyone how they can connect with us? We want you to make sure to visit us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. As well as, if you consider becoming a patron, you're going to support our show financially so that we can move this material into new markets. So go to patreon.com forward slash Catholic Talk Show, and you'll see different tiers that you can give to. And then we'd like to give back to you cool ho hoodies, coffee cups, and a number of other items to show our appreciation. So going into the appreciation of the role of the successor of St. Peter, the Vicar of Christ, I had no clue that people bet on that. I'm shocked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and even, even on, uh, some websites, Patty power has their own Pope mobile that they drive around. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at a story here where oh, goodness. there's a guy dressed up like a Pope smoking a cigarette by a, uh, what yeah, appears Patty to power. be a, a replica, a replica Pope mobile. Yeah. Patty now, power's we're not, crazy. We're not going to get into gambling here. We're just or the using ethics, this as or the ethics of gambling, right? We're not doing that. We're just using this as an odds 
generator, right. if you will. They did the research for us. Right. <laughs> We're going to use it as Nobody's that. placing oh, a bet here, nor do we want you placing a bet on right. this. That's, that's macabre, but it's also interesting. It is interesting. So I guess we'd have to talk about what would lead up to the the need for the election of the 267th successor of St. Peter. And that would be the current pope would have to go to his eternal reward. And then a whole, I guess, litany of things begin to happen automatically. The processes and the procedures of electing a new pope. So what happens when a pope dies and what are the procedures? So immediately when the pope dies, the Camerlengo of the Catholic Church, uh, the Camerlengo is essentially, I think it's like Italian for Chamberlain. Right, it's kind of like not a butler, but something kind of akin to that. And the Camerlengo will then confirm that the Pope has died uh, in years past, and uh, they would hit the Pope on the head with a silver hammer, make sure he doesn't wake up. And they would hit him on the head with a silver hammer and call him out by his baptismal name, not by his papal name. And if he does not respond after three times, he certifies that the Pope has passed away, and then he delivers that in writing to the college, to the dean of the College of Cardinals. Um, have of, we progressed past that at all? No. There's still a silver hammer. No, okay. not, I, oh, I don't, I don't think guys are being hit in the head okay. anymore. No. But they do take, the Camerlengo does then take the ring of the fisherman off the hand of the Pope and destroys it as a sign that any, uh, there will be no more official proclamations um, from this papacy. <clears throat> um, after that, a whole slew of things start to happen. Then 15 days from that point, a a uh, conclave will be called, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, conclave. Conclave. With the keys, they lock the doors, and the cardinals begin the electorate process, and then also the lobbying and the conversation, the Absolutely. politicking that takes place in that. So um, conclave, it comes from, like you said, from with the key, and the I guess the modern sense of it and why they call it a conclave came from the papal election of 1268, which lasted until 1271. God that bless America. was the longest, what is known as the interregnum. So when there is not a pope, you are now, it's called, it's officially a sede vacante. Yeah, sedes vacante. Yeah. Right. So this is not for all you. Um, the seat that is vacant. Not for all of you um, <laughs> Cardinal Siri people out there who think that the seat is vacant now because it's not. But that is actually what a sede vacante is, is when the pope is dead and we enter an interregnum. During that time, all of the people who hold power in the Vatican lose their jobs, mm-hmm. besides a few people. With the exception in the tribunal uh-huh. of the apostolic penitentiary that is still operative in Sedis Vacante. Yeah. <clears throat> and then there's a few others, but only very few mm-hmm. people. And essentially, the Camerlengo then becomes the regent of the Holy See. Now, he does not have the ability to make... Um, governance in the matters of the Catholic Church, but only in the administration of the properties of the church mm-hmm. and also the, um, I guess, the preparations for a conclave. So anyway, the, the a papal election of 1268 to 1271, uh, there was a lot of jockeying for who wanted to be, who's going to be the next pope. And this is after a period of a lot of upheaval and anti-popes and everything. And the, the uh, cardinals could not come to a uh, agreement. So finally... Um, the cardinals were locked inside of a church with a key and they took the roof off of the church so that it was hot. If it rained, it rained on them. They're in this church locked in there. They would only pass food to them once a day through the windows and said, you're not leaving. It's going to be hot. You're going to get rained on. You're not going to eat until you elect a Pope. So that's where it really started becoming a conclave <laughs> under key. <laughs> under right? key. Yeah. 
Yeah, that must uh, have been. my my uh, my priest in D.C. when I lived up there, Monsignor Bart Smith, he was actually the only non-cardinal in a conclave when they elected Pope Benedict. Oh, mm-hmm. how interesting. Because he was the secretary to Cardinal Baum, who was blind. Yes. So he navigated him through the Sistine Chapel to do his vow, repeated the words. Um, and then also when you see that like iconic shot of, of Pope Benedict giving his first blessing, guess who's right behind him? Really? Yeah. No it was way. pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Wow. I, awesome. I had to twist his arm to give talks to our parishioners. Cause I'm like, this is really cool. Oh yeah. Maybe we'll have him on a show sometime. That sounds that like a great be, idea. It's, great. it's really cool. Yes. I mean, he obviously can't really say what goes on, but, but um, you know what? I can. Yes, you can. So <laughs> now you, now, in a papal conclave, you are, <clears throat> the results are not supposed to be ever known by the public, but they always, someone leaks them. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> you can't confirm them because these are not a part of the official record, but I wanted to also now take a look back at the last two conclaves and look at the kind of uh, the voting record, which I was able to find. Where'd you get that? I got my places. Yeah, well, I got, I you're going to have to tell everybody what source you have because uh, we need credibility here. They, you know, these are released to newspapers typically okay. and to journalists, right, from some kind of inside source. So mm-hmm. in the 2005 uh, conclave, um, the first ballot, so going into it, so there's a term, uh, papabile, or mm-hmm. basically means you're popable. Yeah. It means you are somebody who people can say, okay, this is going to be the pope. So going into that, there are a few candidates, but obviously the dean of the College of Cardinals, uh, Joseph Ratzinger, was definitely the favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the first ballot of the 2005 conclave, uh, Joseph Ratzinger got 47 votes. Now here's something really interesting that the second highest vote getting in that first round was Jorge Mario Bergoglio mm-hmm. and he got wow. 10 votes. Then you had Car- uh, Carlo Martini with nine votes, uh, Ruini with six votes, uh, Sodano with four, uh, yeah. And a couple others with a few votes. Um, on day two, it was just basically down to Ratzinger, Bergoglio, and Sodano, right? Mm-hmm. And they were the only ones getting votes. How many cardinals are there voting? So by rule of the church, there's only allowed to be 120 cardinal electors. Okay. Now you can have more cardinals. Cardinals, uh, after the age of 80 are no longer able to vote in a papal conclave. So there's other cardinals who are there, but they cannot have a vote. Gotcha. Right? But right now we're in this position where we have more cardinals electors, cardinal electors than is actually allowed by the Vatican Constitution, which was set by Paul VI of 120. Uh, Pope Francis actually has now 126 voting electors on there. Mm. Now, some say he's kind of, I don't know, packing the court so that his uh, his his mission can be, I guess, extended extended with his successor, and that's why he's putting so many on there. I don't know. I, I try not to get into all that. Um, so on the third ballot of the 2005 conclave, it was really just down to three people again, Ratzinger and, and, and uh, Bergoglio, and 75, 72 for Ratzinger, 40 for Bergoglio. So he was really, Pope Francis was really by the clear runner-up. But uh, Pope by Benedict, a pretty, pretty s- right. decent margin, too. Right. But... Um, Obviously, uh, Benedict won, Ratzinger won, took the name of Benedict XVI, and the rest is history. So now going into the 2013 conclave, most people thought, okay, uh, Bergoglio had his chance, right? And how he's too old and his kind of, his moment of being the Pope 
or even yeah, being he, a, he was the ninth oldest pope to be elected. Right. And they thought, okay, his moment has passed, right? And going into the 2013 conclave, um, the 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 real clear winner was uh, Cardinal Scola, mm-hmm. and everyone was really assumed that Cardinal Scola was going to be the next pope, um, and also Cardinal uh, Ulet, right? Really, Ooh, yeah. from Canada, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was no. up there in the ranks. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, wow. he was up there. Now, a big surprise, actually, is that Ouellette actually was the one who kind of swung the 2013 election. Everyone. So you had had two non-Italian popes in a row. And the Italian cardinals are the biggest elector block. And everyone thought Scola was going to run away with this because the Italians were going to want another Italian pope. But on the first election, Scola only got 30 votes. And again, Bergoglio got 26 and Ouellette got 22. Mm. So that was everyone was kind of shocked that Scola did so poorly, even though he was um, in the lead. Uh, they did another bout during that conclave, and actually, according to you know these reports, someone accidentally misspelled Bergoglio and wrote Broglio, and they had to throw out the whole vote. Oh wow! But um, uh, Cardinal O'Malley actually got ten votes, so he mm-hmm. was in fourth place in the 2013 election. O'Malley oh. is such an impressive. Cardinal, man. He's yeah. such an impressive man, such an impressive priest. But as a church leader, I remember I, I shook his hand in Rome one time. And I mean, like the guy's hands are massive. And he's just a very strong figure. I think of like a, a you know, a type of a St. Peter kind of a person when yeah. I think of, when I think of uh, Sean O'Malley, for sure. Cardinal O'Malley. Yeah. Um, so these are going to play into the odds here. They absolutely are. So but then, some, you know, in that first vote, 13 other cardinals got votes. So that it showed a kind of a why uh, Sarah got votes, uh, Leonardo Sandri got votes, uh, Gianfranco Ravasi got votes, uh, uh, Cardinal Tegel, even from the Philippines, got votes, and he yeah. was very young at this mm-hmm. election. Uh, I think in the media going in, the favorites were Cardinal Turkson and Cardinal Scola. And when Cardinal Scola did so poorly on that first ballot, and then you had Ouellette and Bergoglio, well, basically, eventually, Ouellette um, threw his supporters and said, support Bergoglio, and that that kind of pact is what got Pope Francis elected. Wow! Mm. Uh, against the kind of the odds, where everyone assumed Scola would win, but when you had the that those two cardinals putting their I don't know their supporters together under one candidate, that's how we got Pope Francis. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so I mean, just the odds uh, that were generated. Now look, those are all apocryphal. Those are according to leaks. That could be totally wrong, but. I'm pretty confident in those sources mm-hmm. that that was accurate. Now yeah. talk about Patty. What is it? Patty, Patty McDougal? Power. Patty Power. Patty, Patty McDougal. Yeah, so tell me. Their Pope Mobile. So who, who won? Do we so know that? Like as who, of as of 2017, uh, Cardinal Tagli was a five to one favorite. Tagel. Tagel, followed by uh, Cardinal Turkson. So actually, I've got all the odds well, here. Well, well, listen, I'm 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 not done. Okay. Uh, Cardinal Willette is coming eight to one. This is good to see where the odds are mm-hmm. now as against. Oh, it's against 2017. 2017 oh, right? gotcha. Um, Cardinal Sean O'Malley was a 10 to one. Uh, Kevin Joseph, 20 to one. I have no idea who that is. Timothy Dolan, 20 to one. Now they do have a couple of outliers in here that are very important. One is Bono from yep. U2. Uh, he is a 1000 to one long shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, Richard Dawkins, the atheist, he is. Uh, his odds are six hundred and sixty-six to one. Nah, I see what they did there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So what do you got now? Where's the most recent? Because you know, Patty Power doesn't let you on their website from another country unless you're running, running a private browser or something. I was able to find a way. Okay. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm very resourceful. Like not that. that I'm betting online or not anything. That that. <laughs> Actually, I don't bet. I'm way too Slovenian to bet. Yeah. I just don't like doing it. Yeah. Right, so going into this election, these are the odds on favorites to be the next pope after Pope Francis. Yeah. And here they are after a word from our sponsors. So a word from our sponsors, we want to give a big shout out to Exodus 90 and Covenant Eyes, two of our biggest sponsors. Moving forward as a community, we need support. One, in Exodus 90, it's a great program for men to really lock in and live out 90 days of asceticism, prayer, and fraternity. And growing together over a 90-day peri- period of time will help reassign not only your activity day in and day out, it redesigns your brain and gives you a time of renewal. So check out Exodus90.com. And CovenantEyes.com is a wonderful software out there to help people overcome addiction to pornography and masturbation. It gives you an ally, and it gives you a screen accountability so that your ally can support you overcoming tendencies and habits that may not be the healthiest for you. So we give a big shout out to Covenant Eyes as well as Exodus 90. And for a time period, if you go to CovenantEyes.com and put in the promo code Catholic Talk, you will get a 30-day free trial of all of their resources and set you up for success. That's so good. the success of the, uh, you know, the, the uh, conclave, yeah. the, the success of the locking of the doors ultimately is to name by way of prayer and discernment not uh, gambling or anything yes, like that. Correct. But prayer and discernment of who God is calling to be that next successor of Peter, the vicar of Christ of today. The church in the modern world depends on this electorate process and depends on the prayerfulness, not only of the cardinals and those who are on the election basis, but of all of the people of goodwill throughout the world who are praying for a good shepherd. So looking into the into the future. I'm very excited to hear what these odds are. And but before we get into that, I want to ask what like if the patty patty melt thing. Yeah, patty melt. <laughs> you know, like do do they have like uh who won or or any type of reporting well, of no, like this who is, this is this is a book. It's a book. Oh, it's just you, a book. It's a book. You yeah. put in the money, they it, win, you present your ticket, oh, really? and they pay yeah. you out. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. It's just okay. straight. It's I just, just like picking a football stuff team yeah. or whatever. Oh, okay. But they give you odds right. based Expl- on their... explain explain how odds work. So our odds are gonna be like plus three hundred, plus five hundred. I had to ask him this because I really literally yeah, I, no I have idea. no idea either. Yeah. So, I mean, the way that they give us, it's a couple different ways. One is, you know, like I just said, five to one. Right. right? So, um, but a lot of people use it by a hundred. So okay. they, they try to get a hundred dollars out of you. And so in order to, to give you the odds, they basically multiply it times a hundred. So a five to one odd would be a plus 500. Okay. Right. And so you would win $500 on a hundred. If you put a hundred dollars down. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, so, you know, you're going to read out some different odds. Some people like to condense, condense them five to one, eight to one, 20 to one, whatever. Um, so, I mean, I think what you're reading right now is the latest, uh, the latest uh, Patty the late, Melt. Yeah, these are the latest odds. Okay, so are you ready? So give us the latest Patty Melt. Give us something fresh off the grill. The Cardinal with the best odds to become the Pope after Pope Francis <laughs> is Cardinal Hegel. From uh, the arch, how, the how Carter old is he now? Of how old uh, the, is he? Uh, yeah. Manila. He's young. He, he's still young. But he's sixty-two. He's sixty-two. He's not yeah. that young. 
I mean, he's young for a pope, but he's not that young anymore. How old was John Paul II? 58. When he was 58, yeah. okay. So he would be historically young, but I think he also, he's got such a joyful face. He does, yeah, man. That he maybe looks younger than some of these uh, dour, wrinkly old He uh, does cardinals. have a JP2 face. Yeah. He's yeah. definitely, yeah. Uh, and yeah. I mean, some joy. this would be a good pick by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, I mean, the Holy Spirit doesn't select the pope. He prevents the uh, the disastrous picks, right? Mm-hmm. And even Cardinal, uh, even Pope Benedict said the same. But um, he would be a really great pick, uh, especially with the, with um, number one, the, the faith of the Philippines is amazing. Yeah. Filipino Catholics are just a, a blessing to the church. Mm-hmm. But also his um, proximity to China and to the Far, the far East and uh, a, a distinctly non-Caucasian pope would be a very interesting development for the church. An Asian pope? An Asian pope. How awesome would that be? Yeah. Look, the biggest... Uh, the biggest population in the world is in Asia. It's in mm-hmm. China. And having an Asian Pope who really understands that in a way that I just don't think, an, you know, an Italian cardinal could necessarily, uh, could really be in a magnificent thing for the church. And the semblance yeah. of the faith and the, and the whole concept of what has occurred and how many people lost their lives and, and blood that was shed in the name of Jesus Christ, you know, that sense of martyrdom all throughout Asia, Japan, China, there is a strong remnant of the faith there, and I see it just really emerging right now into full focus in recent history where people are gathering in the streets and yeah. singing hymns and really proclaiming that they love the Lord and they love God and they want to be a religious people. Yeah, one of the largest gatherings of human people were in the largest was in the gathering history in the Philippines. Philippines for Eucharistic, yeah. there's four over four million. For, people I think it was gathered. actually for a Eucharistic Congress, something like that. Oh, oh really? is that okay. what it was? Yeah, well, the, I mean, the World Youth Day too. I mean, that was a huge gathering. No, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's kind of known as a bit of a progressive. Mm-hmm. He really is, uh, um, especially you know, conservative Catholics or whatever. Mm-hmm. Think of him as a progressive that he's maybe a little bit of a kind of soft on divorced and remarried Catholics receiving communion. Um, Mm -hmm. He kind of criticizes a lot of the treatment of, uh, or the harsh words people use for the LGBT community. So, you know, there's not going to be any candidate that's going to make everybody happy, but this is, those are some of the realities around him, but Mm -hmm. he's got the best odds. And I I, I think his joy and everything like that um, could be a very, beneficial thing for the church. It's definitely an attractive that, attribute for I sure. I can't say I know enough about his, I don't yeah. know, his pedigree, his pedigree. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. But yeah. I do know in the continuity of the electorate process is that, you know, you, there's a beautiful continuity between John Paul II mm-hmm. to Pope Benedict to Pope Francis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, the heart of the vocation to the priesthood and the philosophical structures of how I live out my responsibility to love and having that ideological that ideological vision of what John Paul II, you know, did for me is, is a huge mm-hmm. uh, deposit. Yeah. And then Pope Benedict, when I when I discerned priesthood, it was when JP2 died. So I started my academic formation with one of the arguably greatest theologians in the history of the world and walking with Pope Benedict in his papacy all the way through to the point where I was being called literally 
The day I was called to priesthood by Bishop Estevez was the day that Pope Francis was elected. So I look at my formator, my academic formator through the seminary days was Pope Benedict. And then the, the priest to show me how to live the priesthood and the pastoral elements and, and the responsibility of my pastoral care for the people of God has really been, you know, lived out in the, in the pontificate of Pope Francis. Well so said. in the continuity of it all, I'm really looking for someone to take on a distinctly different role. You know me, I'm just a grumpy traditionalist. I, I know you are, but it, there's a pendulum. Right. You know, there's a pendulum because there's clear, distinct differences between JP2 and Papa Benedicto and obviously between Pope mm-hmm. Francis and, and Pope Benedict. So I do see the pendulum maybe not swinging in the direction of uh, a continued progressive mm-hmm. movement, but possibly into a more traditionally minded yep. uh, movement. So anyway, uh, Cardinal Tegel's odds are plus 330. Plus 330, that yeah, means that he's gone up. Yeah. Uh, he's he's becoming more and more. Yeah, he's kind of running away with the odds. So you know, and, mm-hmm. and you, you know why they lower that mm-hmm. odd is because um, people are a lot action. of people are placing action on five to one, and mm-hmm. so they have to reduce the odds to compensate for their share. Action. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. All right, so the so that's a sign that a lot of people are taking that bet. Yeah. They may or may not be good. Well, Catholics, I tell you, but Philippines, <laughs> great choice. Absolutely. I think that's a tremendous yeah. idea, especially having a representative from Asia. But then there's also Africa. I mean, yeah. when you think of the strong identity of Catholicism yeah. in the world today, I think of yeah. the Philippines and I think of Africa. So you look at this pendulum, right? And so you, you know, it follows from say Pope John Paul II and, and coming out of the anvil of, of communism and the destruction of, you know, Poland um, and just the formation that occurred there. And then, you know, then you got Benedict who is the, the theologian and then, you know, Francis who is the evangelizer, um, you know, bust wide open the doors. Now it's like, you're looking at these poverty stricken areas mm-hmm. of, of this faith. And, and so it, I, I don't know if there's a pendulum there, I but like that. You I know, actually it's, like, it's that. like now, now you've got your first black Pope mm-hmm. or your first Asian Pope and mm-hmm. they're coming through this, you know, historically impoverished areas that the Western world has sort of, you know, neglected in, mm-hmm. in some ways or another. Mm-hmm. All right. So the Cardinal with the next best odds, there's a tie. Um, so the first one I'd talk about, and this one was one of the favorites going into the 2013 conclave, and that is the Cardinal from Ghana, um, Cardinal Peter Turkson. Turkson. Africa, unite. I love it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cardinal Turkson. Um, so he was, how many votes did he get in? in, in the, the, it, it didn't say that he oh, got a lot, say, but right? the, yeah. the media was really saying that he was, uh, you know, kind of the leader. Now he speaks... English, French, Italian, German, Hebrew, Latin, Greek, wow. uh, and a multitude of African wow. languages. I mean, he's a brilliant man. He's justice and peace, isn't he? Yeah. 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 And I think he was the, um, he was in charge of uh, Caritas, I think. Yeah, I met him, and then Corunum, I think. Yeah, Corunum. Corunum yeah. yes, I've actually met him. Yeah. I was at a, a talk of his. He yeah. actually really deeply spoke to me about priestly fraternity in his presentation, mm-hmm. and he shifted my heart from some of the apprehensions I had moving toward priesthood, like he really shifted my heart big time. Yeah, so he's got really great odds. He was actually born to a uh, uh, a mixed faith family. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, how old? He's 70. So 70 again, years old. he looks so much younger mm-hmm. than 70, though, because he's got he's kind of got a really joyful countenance. Yep. Uh, I really, really would love a, a, a pope from Africa. I just, I Me really too. feel Me that too. the Holy Spirit is is going in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um 
it would really it would be a really joyful thing. I and mean, his father was a carpenter too. Yeah. Oh, oh he cool. was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, at look at that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not bad. Bidding. So he's at, he's at uh, plus 500. But yep. then this, there was a tie? Yes. So the other Cardinal at plus 500 is Cardinal uh, Mark Ouellette. Yep. Oh, so Ouellette's the... How yeah. old is Ouellette now, though? 75. That's uh, not really too old. Yeah. That's so, kind of in the papal wheelhouse of age. So hmm. in a couple of years, they went down from 8 to 1 to 5 to 1. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he's, he's getting good action. Now, he was um, he was the primate of Canada and the Archbishop of Quebec, um, and I think he had a really big role, correct me if I'm wrong, in the catechism? Or is that Schoenberg? Schoenberg. Schoenberg, yeah. Schoenberg. Okay. Schoenberg. And he, I mean, he was, uh, I believe he's CL, too. Uh, Ouellette is CL. Uh, yeah, communion I'm almost liberation. What is yeah, that? Communion liberation. It's the it's the movement from Jasani from uh, from Milan. Okay, and it's a youth movement. It's an excellent program. Mm-hmm. If if you're out there really wanting to find a a cool, approachable spirituality and way of life, it's definitely that. And if I was to belong to any type of movement. Um, which I'm, I'm really not. I'm a true, I'm a true diocesan guy. So I love to appropriate all sorts of stuff and my own spirituality. But if I were to belong to something, a movement, a religious order, it would definitely be CL. CL is a pretty impressive uh, community. Again, communion and liberation uh, that uh, was founded by Jasani. How interesting would it be to have a Canadian? Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I think that would really born and raised. Yeah, I mean, I really think no American has great odds because I just don't think they want to elect American mm-hmm. because. American America, America basically has a hegemony type power over the world and having the Pope and the most powerful country is probably too much for the cardinal electors of other countries to want to invest in one society. One thing to consider about but, his odds too is that he is seventy five years old. Right. Which, you know, that's that's high up there and mm-hmm. and I don't know how that works with the voting. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. And I yeah, I mean as as Pope Francis's pontificate uh uh, hopefully it goes longer than you uh his his odds will start to decrease as he starts to age That's out right. of that mm-hmm. uh uh that papability type uh role but uh right now so he's at plus 500 tied with Turks and now uh really close behind at plus 580 is Cardinal Schoenberg. Mm-hmm. Now, really? Schoenberg, yeah. Huh. He's getting up there too. I yeah. I've met I've met these guys when I was at Ave Maria University See, Cardinal Schoenberg. I've met Cardinal Schoenborn as well. Schoenborn 74. Yeah. Yeah. So he is a German pope. Uh, he, um, yeah, he he had a, a lot German to, pope. No, I'm sorry, that a German cardinal. Pro- you might you might uh, be prophetic there, Shield. Yeah, uh, he's actually is always he a Dominican? Yeah, it says he's mm-hmm. a Dominican, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, we haven't had a Dominican pope since Pius V, I believe. It contributed greatly to the to the form of the catechism. Yeah. Uh, you know, close covenant with. Uh, JP two as well as Pope Benedict, and mm-hmm. so he he also worked as a prefect for the Congregation of Bishops, and his role was selection of new archbishops. He was uh, oh, instrumental in Scola's mm-hmm. uh, Angela Scola, uh, mm-hmm. Chapu, um, Tegel, okay, and uh, Charles Morad. That's a good that's a good track record. That's a good and track talk about record. administration. That's like that's that. pretty impressive. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's a nice lineup. So yep. still hanging out with good odds, and this is now three elections later where he's been where he's been hanging out is Cardinal uh, our Archbishop Cardinal Scola mm-hmm. with plus six hundred. Yeah, so he's seventy seven, but he's still hanging on. He's an impressive person. Yeah, impressive I mean, Cardinal. I think that's still the idea that um, an Italian block of voters wanted an Italian Pope, and he's kind of the he's kind of the guy. You know, um, his father was a truck driver, which is kind of awesome. 
Um, yeah, where is he? He's from Milan. Mm. Yeah. yeah, he's Archbishop the, of Milan. Yeah. He's been in the Vatican for the last 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, a very, very long resume of service to the church. So, mm-hmm. yep. And the, uh, the stepping stone of, of you know, well, from seat pa- to seat. Yeah. He was the Patriarch of Venice and the Archbishop of Milan. I mean, Look, Traditionally speaking, that's, that's that, the that stepping is, stone. Yeah, the, Just the uh, tradition. Of the Venice. Patriarch of Venice and the Archbishop of Milan is like, that's like grooming a pope. I mean, the last time that was done was what Papa Buono? Yeah, twenty third, twenty John the twenty third. He was that. Uh, mm, wow. So he's at he's at plus five eighty. Uh, I'm sorry, he's at plus six hundred. Um, now we start to get into, I guess, the outer rings of um, yeah of contenders. We can go a little bit faster on these. So Cardinal Dolan is at plus uh, eleven hundred. Okay. So he's uh, 1100. So here he was 20 to one. So he's gone down he's gone, too as well. He's, mm-hmm. Okay. We got, uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, his odds have gotten yeah, better. If you've if, if gotten, they're the more favorable. Are, more favorable. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so we have uh, Cardinal Erdo. I think he's from uh, Hungary or, or uh, Cardinal Erdo is from Hungary or Bulgaria, I believe. Mm-hmm. Budapest. Budapest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Budapest. What about Sean O'Malley? Is he on your outline? He is not on here. What? Yeah. Uh, I think how old is he? Is he ending up there? I think he is too. So See, he oh. just some of these guys, they don't seem like they age. I know. Yeah. So we got Cardinal Nichols from uh England. Okay. Then uh, those are both at plus eleven hundred. So Dolan, Erdo, and Nichols are at eleven hundred. Hmm. Now, um, one of the Cardinals, I'm gonna skip over one because I want to talk about him later, but one of the Cardinals that everyone thought would do a lot better in the last conclave who didn't was Cardinal uh, Scherer from Brazil because mm-hmm. he is a, he's a, a polyglot. He has German descent. He's from Brazil. I mean, he had a lot of things going for him to satisfy a lot of different voting blocks and he didn't do that well, but he's still on this list at 1400. Mm. Sean O'Malley's from Cleveland. He is? Well, Lakewood. Oh, but that's, Dude, he did some great work in Florida. Right. He, he's done right. great work everywhere, man. Cardinal O'Malley. Well, he has my vote now because a pope from Cleveland would be just. <laughs> that right. just shifted. That's why I mentioned that. Just that just shifted Shields' yeah, heart right there, man. That's, he's so he's heart. a Cleveland fan? I'll vote for him then. That's all it takes. I just roll over like a shill. Uh, all right, so then we've got uh, Cardinal Sandri, uh, 1400. We've got Cardinal Gianfranco Rivasi, 1400. Mm-hmm. Who I think Sandri and Ravasi have better odds than people would think of being the next pope. Um, we also have uh, Cardinal Ranjith uh, at eighteen hundred. He is uh, a Sri Lanka, mm. so that would be an interesting wow. selection. Uh. I let me let me make sure that he is Sri Lanka. Yes, Colombo. Um, Cardinal Angelo Bagnasco at eighteen hundred. I think he's one who has better odds than people assume as well. Then you have Cardinal Reinhard Marx, who um, from Germany at twenty eight hundred. I can be so bold to say as I hope he is not the next pope. For what's going on, Cardinal recently? Marx? Man, he's he, you know, with the he 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 pushed a lot of the this uh, a lot of things that are pushing the lines. I think of orthodoxy. Practice. Yeah, sure. of orthodoxy. Sure. I do and. I don't know. I'm sorry. Maybe you can call me and you're, convince me otherwise. Yeah. But your, your boy Ravasi, though, going back to your your love for Benedict the Sixteenth, he mm-hmm. he uh, consecrated him as a bishop, mm-hmm. and then three a lesson three years later created him as a cardinal. Yeah, I think Ravasi has some good odds too. That you know he's he's not quite the name, but he's more of a 
a Curia insider who mm-hmm. might have more support than people, than journalists would assume. Sure. Right. And I think when it comes to Marx and, and really the problem of Europe is really people com- trying to come up with a solution of how do we evangelize Europe? How do we re-evangelize Europe? And I don't, and I'm not going to stand with what he shared, but obviously we need to generate concepts and ideas of evangelization and we have to, we have to address it. And plus it's, that's his job and responsibility. You know, we had that conversation last night. We did, but, but allow me to say this, it, it, it goes back to the same mission of Jesus Christ commissioning the apostles to go out to all nations. You see the chrismation of the Holy Spirit on these different nations throughout the history of the world and those nations becoming the evangelical edge and curve of how Christ is meeting these people throughout throughout history. And, you know, you look at how Ireland for many, many years, they were the missionary edge of of what Christ was doing in the hearts of, of people all mm-hmm. around the world through the Irish missionaries. And look at how Africa is now returning that same favor of missionary zeal mm-hmm. back to Ireland and then throughout the world as well. Yeah, I just I guess my problem with a Cardinal Marx uh, papacy is that he I think he's kind of the one the leading proponent of divorce uh, communion for the divorced and remarried. And I get it. It's a massive problem. We lose so many Catholics who are no longer going to communion through divorce, and they they stay away from uh, from reception. But um, changing doctrine is just not the answer. It's not. It's better catechesis. It's mm-hmm. better outreach to these people. Changing doctrine to accommodate the the the, um, the spirit of an age is always a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. And also, you know the um, the. Uh, Synod on the Amazon, he's another one kind of pushing for the concept of married priests. So I'm sorry, married priests and um, married priests being the norm. No offense, Father Fletcher, you're my homeboy. Um, But married priests being the norm and then reception for divorced and remarried, I'm not okay with. Mm -hmm. I I never will be. And I don't, you know, I I would, I would tell the Cardinal that to his face. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's exactly the nuance of the position. Tell it to your face. You know. Um, and I do believe that these people have absolutely the best interests of the church in their heart. This is how they say, look, this is how we address the issues we're facing. I just fundamentally disagree with that, but I still do think they have mm-hmm. all the love for the church in their heart and more love and more accomplished Catholics than I will ever be. An administrative action that gives the allowance for the furtherance of this problem that we're facing of, you know, cultural divorce being just a regular, a mm-hmm. regular thing. I don't think that that's the approach. I agree. Right, but, but but at the same time, you know, we I need, can see why he came to that conclusion. Of course, of course, because what is more expedient of our care, it should be pastoral care right. for those who are going through divorce, who are suffering divorce. One of my first moves as a pastor was to bring in a local counselor and psychologist who has a great reputation to br- provide services on our church grounds for people who have suffered a divorce and who are suffering through a divorce and being able to provide care for the children as well as as the respective uh, husband and bride yeah. that are that are going through it because there are a lot of people suffering but we need to be there pastorally present to shepherd them through the process and then help them go through annulment help them go through I I, I agree and I know what you're saying and you're right and that's why I'm not a 
priest, and that's why I'm not a cardinal. That's why I'm just a grumpy blah blah blah, blah guy. <laughs> <laughs> blah, blah, we blah, have blah, a confession. Blah. Right. I'll say it to your face. I'll say it to your face. It's taken a year to be able to get this confession uh, from you. I get it. <laughs> I love you, but I don't think it's right in yeah. all situations. And that's and that's why, like I said, I am positive Cardinal Marx is a better Catholic than I could ever hope to be, and he's accomplished so much. And I know he has the best interests of the church at heart. I just fundamentally disagree with that, mm-hmm. and that's okay. And and I'm sure with his counsel, with right. with with you know the Congress, with all these different approaches of having these conversations, that's why these cardinals are put into positions of political right. dialogue because they have to work through it and come to some type of executable pastoral yeah. plan. They have to do it. That's but their at, job. But at uh, plus two hundred two uh, twenty eight hundred, yeah. I don't think I'm going to have to worry about yeah. that anymore because he doesn't I, have great odds. And I'm not, uh, yeah, true. But I, yeah. I, I, and I'm not advocating that you know, hey, we should just uh, let everybody go willy nilly and and everybody get divorces and just come to communion. No, like there's a pastoral process, absolutely. And there's a and that process includes healing. And if you have gone through a divorce, you need to go through the process of healing. That's, right. That's what the church is there for mm-hmm. to walk you through the pain and to talk about it, to listen and to guide you to the, to the greater place of becoming mm-hmm. and opening yourself up for a bond that will last and that will be sacramental. All right. So then uh, the last couple on our list, Cardinal Raymond Burke at plus 3,300, not great odds, but he a great man. He's out there. He's really, really great man. Who's got a lot of bad press and I, you know, there's probably some tension there between his fellow Cardinals too. Yeah, there as well. probably is. Oh yeah, you know, with with the um, and I've had breakfast with him, and yeah. he is like the sweetest. He is. Dude. He's that sounds like a great show. Like breakfast, breakfast with. <laughs> show. He's just like a just a sweet old farm boy with yeah. very loving. He's uh, very gentle. And very gentle. Tough. I've met him so many times. He's, he's I've actually, had breakfast with him. I've had, I was in his office in the tribunal at, at uh, in Rome. He's incredibly he, pastoral. Oh, amazingly he's a pastoral. Nice guy, you know? yeah. nice guy. I mean, Sweet he may have guy. a you know a thirty foot cup of magna behind him, but that's that's not because he's a self aggrandizing person. That's because he believes in the proper I, I'm giving the litur- the liturgy beauty. I mean, he's a personally incredibly humble and, and simple he, guy. But he honors he honors the tradition. Right. He honors right. the practice. But I can also see how some people look at that and say, well, that's a bit over the top. Mm-hmm. Or at least the other cardinals or people maybe on the more liberal or progressive side of the church. I get their position. Mm-hmm. I just don't agree with it. I love you I know. mean, I wear I wear a Columbia shirt, you yeah. know, and, and and no collar a number of days in, in office and, yeah. and you know, wear it underneath my owl. So like I would probably be you know, in in your line of thinking, you well, know, I'm not totally free for Pope. Well I'm, I'm definitely not even in what would mine be like a plus <laughs> they can't even make a number that big. No. Um but no like you know I think he honors it. I I wouldn't be my style wouldn't be that. Yeah. But you know look we it's He's the universal it off, it's the universal church. <laughs> That's not going to happen dude. I you know the but it's the universal church mm. and it and it swings it ebbs it flows. Yeah. There's a pendulum to it. The the central person to the church is now, Christ and our here, service of him. Now here's one that I think maybe we can all agree on and we we missed his name on purpose earlier but he's at plus 1300. So pretty good kind of middle of the pack is Cardinal Robert Sarah. Mm. I know I I love that guy. I mean yeah. a a very um faithful cardinal an African he's cardinal. He's in his seven. He's in his. Yeah, he's a little. He's probably a little bit too old right now, but that would yeah. be that'd be great. Late seven. I think he's yeah. late seven. He mm-hmm. is. I'll tell you exactly how old he is because you know, I send him birthday cards every things. year. He's seventy four. So he's not oh, really not yeah. too. Uh, yeah, so that would be a good one yeah. as well. 
All right, so those are the odds for the next Pope. So Tegel leading the odds, then Ulet, Turkson, Schoenborn, Scola, Dolan. Those are kind of your top contenders. And then the other ones. So we don't, will that work out? I mean, only the Holy Spirit knows. And there's a saying that he goes into a conclave as the Pope leaves as a cardinal, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the old saying that if you go in and expecting to get elected as Pope, you are not going to get elected. Mm-hmm. Now, one last thing before we jump off this episode is they also take odds on what the next papal name will be. Mm-hmm. So what will be the name that the next Pope will take? So at 330, and the leading name for the next Pope is Leo. Ooh. So that'd be Leo the Fourteenth. Uh tied with that would be Francis the Second at three thirty. Um I don't at, think that's gonna happen. Gregory is no. a very popular well, one. Well, at four hundred is John. At four hundred is Pius. At seven fifty is Benedict. At seven fifty is Gregory. Uh plus four hundred is Peter. Not gonna happen. Uh at not plus nine hundred is Paul. What about Valentinius? For on, he's sake. on there. And is I, he really and good? I made sure I got that odds for you. Yeah. Uh, at plus one, at plus a thousand, John Paul the third. Um. Uh, at plus a thousand, Clement. At plus fourteen, Boniface. Uh, plus fourteen, Innocent. Then we have Stephen, Alexander, uh, Joseph, Marcellinus. At seventeen hundred, we have Urban and Celestine at twenty two hundred. We have Anastasius at twenty five hundred. That's probably if we get a. Yeah, in Eastern yeah. Pope, which I'd be cool with. That'd be great, you know, a Byzantine Catholic Pope. That would be cool. Unite, I don't actually, I don't think that, I don't, that I actually don't think that unite could happen us. because they would be part of an eparchy. So that actually yeah. probably, well, no, it probably could happen. I don't know. I mean, Anything could happen, right? You're baptized, you can yeah. become Pope. Um, I don't know how that works. Baptizing Catholic. That so that then, would be uh, interesting. Nicholas at 2,500, Julius at 3,300. Nicholas would be cool. Patrick, uh, Patrick, Lord, Lord. Pascal and Patrick, Adrian and Honorius at 4,000, and then Valentine at 6,600. That's my vote right there. And Sixtus, Sylvester, and Victor are tied with Valentine for at 6,600. So those are your odds. Hmm. Valentinius. So your best odds, if you're a betting man and you're looking at the odds, your very best bet would be that the next pope is going to be Cardinal Tegel, who takes the name of Francis II or Leo Fourteenth. I don't think anybody would follow Francis and take it's Francis too close. II. It's too close. But too that's, close. that's usually what happened. You'd have a run of popes of the same name. Mm. Now, I don't know. I mean, what? You know, you had John, I then get Paul, why John then John Paul, Paul, Paul II. You had John, then Paul, then John Paul, then John Paul II. I mean, that's right. He took that name right after John Paul I died. So, yeah. I think that was out of respect for him and respect. on his So in, in 10 years or whatever, however long uh, Pope Francis is with us and guiding the church, after that, Cardinal Tegel as Francis II or, or Leo, uh, Cardinal Ouellette as Car- uh, John the Twenty Fourth, um, Cardinal Turkson as uh, Gregory the Seventeenth. These are all good odds. So if and you're these are man, all names that really are in the future, yeah. and we don't know exactly what name, but we are so grateful that you hopped in the Pope Mobile and went into the future with us. For this episode and for the immediate future, type in the name, The Catholic Talk Show, on your web browser. Make sure that you're subscribing on all of our platforms, connecting with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and then especially supporting us financially so that the the show can continue to grow and meet new markets by going to patreon.com forward slash 
Catholic Talk Show. And by that, you can continue to support us, which we truly appreciate. And out of our generosity for you and our great our gratitude, we'll send you some cool memorabilia. Yeah, there's great odds. When you invest in the Catholic Talk Show and you place a bet on us and continue, and the bet is that we continue to grow, and you place that bet by supporting us through Patreon, the odds are is that you're going to get great gifts in return. It's really almost, cool stuff. It's actually almost one-to-one odds that you're going to get a great <laughs> gift. That is a good bet. I don't care who you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, my friends, we will see you next week. And, again, we are the Catholic Talk Show, and we're happy to journey with you.